Everybody can fuck off in three, two, one. Hey kids, welcome to the next episode of the See You Dude podcast. Um, yeah, so we're kind of like, <laughs> we're kind of just in the in the role here. We kind of just have like a permanent setup, <sighs> and it's like been super fucking easy. To get these things out, um, or at least record them, uh, just because, you know, excuse me, but <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> did you see, um, did you see the interview with like Lil Pump and uh, J. Cole? Nope. All right. Do you know anything about like their beef? Well, yeah, actually I saw a really, really good, interesting, well, I saw a really cool video of J. Cole at a concert. It was after KOD had come out after all the Twitter beef videos on Instagram bullshit. Yeah. And... You know, fans, J. Cole's fans were like, you know, chanting like, fuck Lil Pump. And he like stopped them in the middle of that song. That's like, I hope you grow up and buy your mom a house. Yeah. You know, and like he stopped everybody's like, yo, don't say that. And then he like finished the rest of the lyrics with and like had the crowd sing along with him. And like it points out very well that that song is not supposed it's to not be a dissing fu- it's, anybody. It's not a diss track at all. People were calling it a diss track, but it's really not like. Yeah, exactly, exactly what he was saying. Like, if you really listen to the words, he's saying like, "Yo, good I, luck. like, good luck. I hope you the best." You know, it, he's not like totally praising him. You know, he has some things where he's like, he has like some issues with his with yeah. his uh, methods, but he's not like saying like, "Fuck you, you're yeah. shitty, whatever." He's not like dissing is like the like exact wrong word for mm-hmm. what it is because dissing is like. In my mind, like petty beef, yeah, for the purpose of entertaining, almost, you know, yeah. like like diss tracks and beef is almost ever like, or is almost never like an issue that like is a real issue that will last forever. Yeah. Like diss tracks seem to be about issues that they can get over or settle, but J Cole's issues with Lil Pump aren't really like issues that can settle. They're more like concerns. And, like, genuine concern for him, like, he cares about him almost. Yeah, I mean, like, it was really interesting when I first heard that song, like, the stuff he was talking about where he was like, do you ever think about your impact? He's like, all these white kids love that you don't give a fuck because that's exactly what you're supposed to do when your skin's black. Like, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, obviously, J. Cole's, like, a smart person. And I think, you know, he's he's got some interesting, um, you know... Insight. Not, insight, insight, thank you, of, like... You know, the world and shit like that. But the interview, like, when they sat down, um, I, I only got to watch the first, like, 15 minutes. But basically, Cole just said that right after KOD dropped, um, Lil Pump, like, called him or something like that. Or No, they met at Rolling Loud. You know about, you know, Rolling Loud's yeah, that festival? Yeah, Rolling Loud's dope. Yeah. Um, they met at Rolling Loud and they talked and Cole actually said, he was like, oh, this kid's actually smart. So... I've always kind of thought that, that like, I don't think, with a lot of SoundCloud rappers, I don't think that they uh, are as dumb as they portray themselves. Yeah, they're just experts in branding. Yeah, they're experts in branding. Well, the thing is, is, like, I actually, uh, in a similar sense, um, I read an article last year when I was uh, still at Drexel, and it was an article that this guy wrote about interviewing Lil Pump at his birthday party, his 17th huh. birthday party, or maybe, you know, 17th birthday party last year. Yeah. And it wasn't the interview. Like, there was, like, 
two two quotes from the whole interview or maybe he was he might have been hired as the photographer or whatever he was there documenting the party for gotcha. whatever it was and he was talking about how it was super extravagant like strippers and a cake with like ten thousand dollars on it well probably more than that like little pump was wearing that like gucci jacket with the tigers like open so he's like he's flexing but when he actually like talked to him, he was like a shy kid. I mean, it's gotta be, there's gotta be a little bit of a strange, like personal thing that you're going on when you have conversations in your head with yourself, like thinking about your life, like being so young and like having like the tattoos and like rapping about lean and like all this shit. He, yeah. He's still a kid. So it was just interesting to hear this guy say like, he's just a young, innocent 17 year old at heart. Yeah. Is also Lil Pump. So I mean, dude, that's what's the most insane thing is that a lot of these like SoundCloud rapper generation of like people, I mean, like, they're fucking young. Like how old the how old I mean, Lil does Lil Tay rap or is she just oh, fuck Lil Tay. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about that bitch. Fuck Whatever. Her. But like my point is like these kids are young as fuck. Yeah, there's some other kid that like he's kinda like a... It's not, he doesn't really rap. He's more like auto-tune the shit out of his vocals sort of guy. Yeah. And um, he, it's uh, like Maddie something. He's like 12 years old. Maddie B? No. But like, yeah, they're, they're all really young. I mean, Post Malone, he looks like 40, but he's actually 21 or something like that. Yeah, he's 21 or 22. <laughs> he does look old as fuck. Yeah. I actually he watched, looks haggard. I watched a really, he's haggard. I watched a great video, um, in the Snapchat discover thing today, it was, uh, this is actually me or something like that or whatever. And what they do is they make new Twitter accounts yeah, and, and like new accounts on all social media and they title it and it's called, and all the accounts are like actually post Malone. And he did one today and he, you know, they go to like Reddit Quora, which I've never even heard of before yeah, and Twitter like a question thing anyway. And they just answer people's questions tweeted at Post Malone, but then actually Post Malone answers them. Hmm. And then they make this like little video and I guess they delete the count after it's all done. Um, but he was like, how does Post Malone get his vocals to sound like that? And, uh, melting some shit like that. And he's like, uh, a lot of auto tune. <laughs> and I do this really weird thing with my throat that most people hate, but I like it cause I think it's unique. And I was like, dude, I'm glad that there are people owning up to their shit. Like, Auto oh, I know exactly what he's talking about. Auto-tune that throat thing. is a tool at an artist's disposal to get a certain sound, and if that's the sound you want and you're going to own up to it, that's fucking dope. Like, people like Travis Scott. Travis Scott can rap really well. Like yeah, his, free, his freestyles are dope, but he wants his sound. You know, he wants that, yeah. like, heavy auto-tune. All right, like, look, like, Go Colin, you, like, our friend Colin, he always says, it, I fucking hate when rappers use auto-tune. I fucking hate it. And like, <laughs> sorry, you dude. listening, Colin? You listening? <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Anyway, he's like, I hate when you use auto tune. And like, it's so. So the reason, like, people like, oh, I think it's like a cop out if you use auto tune. What those people are sometimes talking about is when you use a little bit of auto tune, where to the untrained ear you can't really hear it. You know what I mean? And it's just like makes their vocals sound better and disguises the auto tune. That's what people really talk about when they get upset about pop artists or any yeah, artist okay, using auto tune to make their voice sound better without it being obvious that there's auto tune there. That's why some people get upset. Now, the but like, like, oh, Travis Scott 
can't sing, he uses like he uses auto tune. Like I don't care if he can't. Like it's it's an aesthetic. Like it's a thing. It's an effect. I mean, you would never say that. But like, uh, who's the lead singer of the Robert Glasper experiment? Oh, Casey. Yeah, he uses that. Well, that's not auto tune. And he that's uses a, a vocoder. Yeah, a vocoder. That shit's dope as fuck. It's not that he pro- he probably could sing. Oh, that dude's got perfect pitch. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why he's so good at the vocoder and like the sax and like, he's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but like it's an aesthetic. It sounds cool. It's like sounds robotic. It sounds like it's from the future. It's cool. Auto tune can also be fucking beautiful. I mean, like, um, yeah, it can be used for some really really cool things. What's he, the song? The original song? Ooh, what you say? Ooh. Oh, well, that's a vocoder. But yes, that's, but that's hide and seek by Emoji oh, Heap. And oh like, my God, dude, that, that song great. made me fucking cry in, in the car with my family on the way to Maine. I listened to it and I was just like, Carl, out the passenger windows. Carl cries. What a, what a little bitch. Carl cries. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Um, here's the other thing. People that get upset about autotune, even for what you claim is like a legitimate reason, is still bullshit, dude. Like every yeah. fucking artist gets autotune from John Mayer to fucking Ariana Grande. They all use autotune and Melodyne to correct their pitches. It's literally like if you are paying for a professional studio studio time with a professional engineer and you say and it's getting mixed professionally too, if you tell your engineer like, yo, I don't want autotune, he's gonna look you in the eye and be like yeah, don't, you do. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, er, like Melodyne and Autotune and whatever pitch correcting software you use in the world, they are all like extremely standard. It takes an insanely good performance, and it's not always set to one hundred percent strength. Yeah, you know, it's just sometimes a it's like a little bit. You know, it it just like it makes it cleaner. It makes it professional. You know, unless you're doing like a live recording with like the purpose of it being very live and raw and using that in other means in other content, it would be dumb for you to not make it as perfect as possible because your album is your album. You can't put out multiple versions of your album unless that's like some weird thing that you're trying to do. We can't do that for every project. Here's the thing about autotune too. Like you said it, you still have to, I I don't know if that's that's what you meant, but you still have to have a good performance. Like I've messed around with like pitch correction just in like my own, you know, production or whatever. And if you sing a note wrong, it's still wrong with a little bit of autotune on it. Mm-hmm. Unless you put that shit up to a hundred, like it still sounds wrong. Like you still have to sound, you still have to sing on pitch. It's just, oh, yeah. it's just gonna, it's gonna take a when you know a lot of singers. What they'll do is they'll, um, they'll sing a higher note and it's they sing a note and it's a little sharp and then they kind of bring it down and sit in the pocket. Or if it's a little sharp and then they bring it up because like it's. You know, as a singer, it's difficult to hit that note, bam, right there. Yeah. So, like, it's not. It, it, you need you ne- still need to do have a good performance. I mean, Even also, like, if you have auto tune on and your performance is bad with auto tune, it sounds fucking worse. Yeah, because then the auto tune doesn't know where to go. Exactly. Um, the other thing about this, also, I mean, you like look up if you look up any. This isn't really about autotune and pitch correction, but if you look up any sort of like how to set up a good vocal chain with like time based time based effects and like I don't know what those EQ, words mean. Time based effects are like delay, reverb, just gotcha. like cool okay. sounding things, and then like compression and EQ. If you look up any 
good way to set up your vocal chain, YouTube, online, anything. They're going to say the first step is having a very good performance. Yeah. Like do multiple takes, get the best performance you can get. And then also this will help. But mm-hmm. like 85% of it is a performance, man. Probably yeah. more like you can't do anything unless it's a, a good performance. That's when you talk like that gets into like. Let's take Justin Bieber, for example. Sure. Justin, like, Justin's a talented kid. Yes. Like, and well. I, I mean, like, you know, I, I shit on a lot of pop artists, um, but, like, there's people who's, you know, I've heard people say, like, Justin Bieber uses autotune, and, like, Ariana Grande uses autotune, and, like, all these people, like, like, that's why they sound so good. They have, they have producers that can make them sound perfect, and, like, yeah, those really good producers can make a like probably a, a, a above average performance sound amazing, but like they're they don't sound like shit. You know, there's a reason that that these kids are as big as they are and a lot of it they're still great singers. That's man. my point. Is like they still have talent. They're not talented, talentless. They're not talentless and then just like the the PR agents are taking care of the rest. Bro, like they have to do. If that something. was true like there would be so many more famous people. If exactly. They were talentless, if man. the if if talentless people got famous and like the the idea that like it's just talent it's it's ridiculous, man. Like you have to give people credit for what it is, and that's where I really started. You know, I used to hate pop music. I used to be in a similar boat to our dumbass friend Colin. Um, like I would be like, oh, like fuck using auto tune, and then I started. You know, I I really dove into the things of what these people were doing, and you have to appreciate art for what it is you can't sit there and compare uh Lil Pump to to Jake Cole like you just can't you know what I mean they're two totally different realms I mean look at Fantano for example I'm not I like Anthony Fantano he's not my favorite but but like he's given you know he has a number system for rating albums Mm -hmm. he gave Damn by Kendrick Lamar a seven he gave Lil Pump's album I don't know what it's called might be a self-titled. I think it's called Lil Pump. I don't know. He gave that a seven, and people went ape shit online. They're like, "How the fuck are you saying that's a seven when Dan was also a seven? Kendrick Lamar is the goat." <laughs> and like, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar is the goat. <laughs> and like, oh yeah, yeah, you think so? <laughs> and like, uh, you know, and he he's addressed it. He's like, and he's I'm kind of regurgitating what he said, and it's just like he's like, oh, like I have to, you have to appreciate art. For what it is. Little Pump is not there to make you be like, damn, Little Pump, you really know what's up. You're right. Racism is bad. Like, <laughs> he's there to be like, yeah, good you can't, good you can't, good you can't. Like, you trying to slip, sip lean to some Little Pump. Trying to throw some stacks on some throw ass. Some, <laughs> some stacks on some ass. <laughs> Motorboat some titties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean,. It's good that Anthony Fantano made had that that backlash and made that video and that statement because I mean it kind of opens my eyes a little bit more to his credibility. I really like Fantano also. I used to talk shit on him, yeah, um, because he he came off a little uh, pretentious to me when he I still first c- when I first watched him. But then it's like after I listened to him for a while, it's like okay, yeah, this like maybe he is a little pretentious, but he knows what the fuck he's talking exactly. about. So like, hey. I mean, he still comes off a little pretentious to me at times. Sometimes, I mean, I, I have a big thing with um, 
And he's grown, too. Uh, I have a big problem with music elitists, and I think I have the biggest problem with it because I also was fall one. victim to it. Even st- I was one, and I still am sometimes. Hi, I'm David. I'm a music elitist. <laughs> Hi, David. Um, You know, I just have a problem with it because it's like, you know, it, some music isn't for everybody, and it's just appreciate for what it is. And he can't, So back to what I was saying. You know, he came off as like a music elitist, and it kind of it kind of upset me. But now he's sort of grown, and uh, I think he um, well, he got more popular, more. so he started considering more and more popular music. Yeah, you know what I mean. Before, when he was starting out, he probably only reviewed albums that he loved and albums he absolutely hated. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then, as he got more and more popular, he started to look at them more objectively for his fans, and also started to do more music that he was not used to doing. Yeah, the other thing uh, about uh, you know, musical elitism and the problem with it is that, like, I mean, we already touched on it on the whole goat thing, but it's all subjective and stuff like that. And, like, you know, I went to school. I was, honestly, I was in the same boat. Like, I did not like a lot of other music. I was not entertained by a lot of pop music and things like that until I went to college for music industry. Yeah. And then it's like, when you do that, it's like, yo, hop on or get the fuck out. And, because you're not going to make it if you like try to limit yourself at all. You know, because it's so hard to make it in the music industry, they kind of like teach you from the very beginning like if you actually want to make it and like somebody like I don't know like we've been talking about him, Lil Pump offers you a job you and fucking you say take no, it. you're a fucking dumbass <laughs> yeah. because you don't like his music, yo, eat shit. Yeah. Cuz like, dude, you take the opportunities you get and they lead to other things and you'll eventually have the power to make your career what you want out of it. So it's like kind of paying your dues, I guess. You right. Know? Like, and you know, having some that people men- will call that selling out, though. No, but fuck those people because, yeah. dude, if you want something, you're gonna take the opportunities you need to get there. You know, yeah, I wouldn't want to like make music for Lil Pump for my entire life, but like I know that if I did, it would open the opportunities to make music with other people. It's all mm-hmm. about making connections. The path to righteousness is not a straight line. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. That's not your quote, is it? Uh, yeah. It is? Mm-hmm. You should make... Uh, you should start it. Insta- I should make bumper stickers. You should make bumper stickers. <laughs> yeah. And start an Instagram daily quote page. Yeah, me and The Rock and Will Smith are going to get together. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen uh, Have you seen Will Smith's new vlogging channel? No, but I know it's super intense. It would, like that video of Shia LaBeouf, like, just do it. <laughs> I've only seen like I've only seen one of his vlogs, but I mean it was cool. Like, fuck yeah, Will Smith. Well, dude, Will Smith's a he's dope. I like yeah, him. He's he's yeah. He's the I Fresh mean, Prince. You know that video that we watched uh, whatever two nights ago of his new rap, and honestly, like it still is like old school Will Smith rap. So I don't think it's gonna. I, it could blow up, but like I I was listening to it and I was like, oh, he's not really getting with the times here. Like he's cursing now. That's cool, but like. Um, what was that I, one line where he goes? It was. Uh, Listen, directors make movies. I make directors. That, and yeah. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, kick that. Go, was, Will Smith. That was dope. <laughs> um, yeah, man. But fucking Will Smith on the, him and Logan Paul out there. Logan yeah. Paul and Will Smith. When is that collab coming out, guys? True. Hey, uh, so, so how do you make your eggs in the morning um, or at night? Whenever you eat eggs. How do you make them? Like my eggs? 
like like chicken eggs like that you would eat for breakfast? Yes. Nice. Great segue, Carl. Great fucking segue. It um, just came to my mind. Uh, scrambled. Scrambled, but I put ketchup on my eggs. Oh, I I've so I I put ketchup on my eggs like one in every twenty five times I eat eggs. I think most of the time I just don't like it, but then it's like there's sometimes I'm just it's a mood, dude. I'm like, yo, I'll put some ketchup on it. But you know, here's here's something I started doing this past year with eggs that really saved me some money on the on the egg front is that you just put a little bit of milk in your eggs and it gives you mm. it like increases the amount of eggs that you're eating it's not actually eggs it just makes them fluffier and makes it look like there's more eggs and it's like a placebo i guess my grandma like, makes them with heavy whipping cream and it's fucking disgusting grandma <laughs> you heard it here first bitch <laughs> fucking stop it <laughs> <laughs> um all right okay nothing about eggs wait no but for real you gotta put some milk some milk in your eggs and scramble it up it makes it you know you get like 14 eggs out of out welcome of to the see you dude cooking podcast <laughs> <laughs> hey we're in college it applies to you fuckers well i don't know maybe college kids aren't gonna watch this but hey all, all five people out there listening yeah not hey not forever man not forever uh anyway so tell your friends how kids. do you make your toast <laughs> <laughs> in the toaster me too oh nice on the same page there cool um so you you were telling me a while ago about like why festivals so like so okay look at 2018 summer there's a fucking million festivals Oh, every single year I hear about more festivals that, that, you know, I feel, and I feel like I'm never, I never hear about a brand new festival either. I just feel like they pop up on like their third, fourth or fifth year and they've existed for a while now. Hmm. And like, I just hear about them like, like, you know, I feel like I've never seen a new, a brand new festival, at least in our area. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, most of them, if you like look back, they've been around since like. The early did you just fart? No. Carl farted. Um I feel like they've they've been around since like, you know, twenty fourteen, thirteen ish. Um but so you were you were explaining to me why festivals are so like profitable on like the business side and why they're so worth it for like promotion companies and stuff like that. And um sure. A I forget and B I think the listeners would find it quite entertaining. Okay. Um, so it's been a little while since I read the article that made, that helped me understand it a little bit more, but it was called the making of Coachella or something like that. It was an interview done or an article written by the guy who, um, started Coachella and we will put a link in the video later. If you're interested, it's a very good article. It's long, you mean, but you mean, I'll put a link in the video. All right, fuck face. Whatever, dude. I'm the, I'm the gears behind the machine. Carl doesn't pull his fucking weight. All right, fuck it. I'm taking this mic home. <laughs> um, no, okay. So it's a really cool article, and the guy who started Coachella is probably one of the dopest people ever, which is why it's so interesting because he, he is the opposite of a musical elitist. He was a big rock fan and he knew that, but he wanted to make a festival that everybody would go to. Yeah. Um, which is why when you look at like the headliners of Coachella, it's like super diverse. Yeah. You have like the Foo Fighters and Radiohead and Kendrick. Yeah. It's like 
crazy yeah so anyway um but yeah the the thing with festivals is is that the first few years that they are in existence most of the time you lose money so you do need a lot of capital to start um to start a music festival because they're usually huge events but the reason that i said they were so profitable is because in that article i think is where i read it but if it wasn't there, then I read it in a different article. Uh, now I got to put two articles. In I don't remember. I just, the thing with, I, you know, the thing that was explained in the article was that uh, when you pay artists to do a concert at a normal venue on their tour, they take a percentage of the ticket sales, right? Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Say that again. So when I you pay out. an artist to do a show like on their tour at a traditional venue and they're the headliner and it's their show they take a percentage of ticket sales yes festivals don't do it that way okay festivals pay in a fee and an advance right so just a lump sum lump sum right because they can't really calculate who is okay they can't calculate be like oh these people are here to see kendrick these people are here to see um Exactly. Yeah. But so that makes it more expensive up front for the artists. But, but if your festival blows up and you get to keep all of the concessions and ticket sales and, yeah. f- you know, Firefly fucking merch that you make. Yeah. Like people are paying like $300 for a ticket, like $500 for a campsite, like, and let's say another how many people hundred fifty two hundred dollars, right? So how many people do you think go to these festivals? Like, let's take the one closest to us, which is Firefly. How many people go to Firefly a year? Fuck, dude. You could probably Google it. I mean, yeah, I wish we looked it up beforehand, but Fuck. Um, unprepared, unprepared, We're unprepared. Okay, I don't know. but let's Even, make okay. it up. Let's say, let's say a hundred thousand people. Go. I was just gonna say that, Carl. Wow, what? <laughs> who would think of that number? <laughs> Who who on earth would who think a hundred thousand would be a realistic number to speculate and do uh, soft math, not hard math? Anyway, uh, soft core math. Yeah. So you know, say like these people are spending let's round about five hundred per person. You know, well campsite ticket and food and water and all the shit, right? Yeah. Like, well, water's free because if they didn't make water free, they'd have a lot of dead bodies. So you know, I don't know, dude. That's how they do it at raves. It's fucked. They give everybody Molly, and they make the water yeah, bottle pass it out the door. They pe- <laughs> Quaalude. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, if your festival blows up and you're able to pay all of the artists the their their fee, right? Then you get to keep that profit, you know. And so it's like it's a gamble, is really what it yeah. is. But like a festival like Coachella and Firefly, it, it it's you know, by now, like always going to be worth it, you yeah. know, because they have, the, been, they have established. The, yeah. They, they're established. They have the name. They artists want to play these festivals when they're doing yeah. their festival circuit. They're like, yo, uh, you know, this area, the tri-state area in, on the East coast that we live in firefly. And then they do Govball, Coachella, rolling loud. You know, yeah. the one thing that I will say about like culture festival, culture festival festival culture and like that what if what festivals have done to like the music industry and shit like that mm-hmm. is it fucking i can't see anybody in the summer unless i want to shell out two hundred dollars minimum like everybody who's on tour in the summer all they're doing is festivals you know and it's like really hard you know i'm doing these concert reviews right now and i'm trying to go to as many shows as i can and you know i'm on bands in town and i'm like just searching for shows that i want to go to 
And like they, I have to wait till like September and November. That's when like a lot of shows that I want to go to are, are the people are coming to Philly because like everywhere else, it's like you know three hundred dollars for a ticket or like I can buy a day pass for like a hundred bucks. But you know, no one's really no one really plays. Not nobody, but like a lot of the big artists. You know, it's just they're playing all these festivals. Yeah, um, you're right. Is it for some reason? Maybe you know. Is it some reason like better for the for the artist? Do the artists make more money doing that too? Um, because like I mean, Kendrick makes like over a million a night. If he plays like the Wells Fargo Center, right? I think Kendrick like makes a, close to four million a show. He does. Yeah, I did a little bit of a project, and like I, and I know he makes a, like like minimum a million dollars a night, and that dude goes like on tour for like. Three yeah, months. He just, started, like, he just he finished his damn tour and then took like maybe like three months max off and now he's doing this TDE tour, which is honestly like dope. Yeah. But I haven't heard anybody talking about it. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Like when Damn came out and he was touring, I would see like videos and people posting pictures of their shit all the time. Now like this, they're doing this TDE tour, and um. And, like, no one's talking about it. Schoolboy Q, SZA, and Kendrick, J-Rock. Like, everybody's going out together. Kendrick and SZA doing a show together alone, I feel like would be enough to make people, like, drop their panties and, you know? Like, Um, like, no, I I haven't heard anybody talk about it. I mean, for me, in this area, um, they're playing at BB&T. Right. And BB&T kind of sucks to go see. Because, like, I mean, if you want to pay out the ass to go see it, you can be, like, up front. But if not, you're, like, way, way back in a lawn. It's, like, lawn right. seating. But some people like that. You know, it's chill. It's I chill, like that for, setting. like, maybe, like, go and see, like, Dead & Co. Or, like, some, like... Jam bands. Jam bands or, like, hippie shit. That's, like, the vibe. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, I can't imagine... The communist manifesto, man. That's, that's the kind of vibe I get. I'm like sitting on a lawn and listening to music, right. but I don't want to go. I don't want to go here humble, and right? Like <laughs> reverbed out because we're outside sitting on a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be humble. <laughs> Legs crossed, sipping on a margarita, eating a ham sandwich. Yeah, sit down. No, I hear you. Be the, humble. Rap shows are for packed venues. Yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, Maybe that's why we haven't heard about it because we're in this area, and I feel like BB&T was a bad choice to put that tour in. I think they would—they totally would have sold out Wells Fargo. Yeah, dude, the Tyler the Creator show was where was that fucking crazy? So it was at the Leochorus Center, which is like the basketball, like it's this gym for like Temple's basketballs okay. team, like it's their stadium, right? Well, yeah, and it was fucking amazing. Dope. It was uh so like how I said like rap shows are for crowded venues. He didn't sell out the venue, but like I understand why. Like it was like I th- I don't think it was a very like I don't think it was listed on his tour dates. Mm. I think it was kind of like this like Side oh show. yeah shit we'll do this right. And also it was like promoted as like a Temple student thing. Mm. Like you could buy tickets to it, but Temple students got nosebleeds for free. Oh right? nice. So like. I mean, he could have made a deal with Temple. That could have been a Temple thing. Well, that, yeah, it was. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a why. Lot yeah, of, that's a why. lot of schools do shit like that. Yeah. Like Drexel has like a 
I'm Dr- so hot. Oh my god. Yeah, it's hot in here. Yeah, we're gonna have to wrap this up before I have a fucking heat stroke. But uh, we've anyway, been going finish, for a little while now. Finish your shit. Um, yeah, no, like uh, Drexel had this thing too. It was called Spring Jam. They we went to it real quick. Cool. Yeah. Kalani Dram. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Tyler the Creator was sick. We'll talk about it in the next episode, and you can talk about the Flatbush Zombies, and it'll be great. Yeah. Goddamn right. Yeah. See ya, dude. See ya, dude. <laughs>